Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. And with those words, Ed Sullivan, America's unofficial minister of culture, introduced us to four exuberant Englishmen, unleashing a musical and cultural revolution. 73 million Americans, the largest non-news audience at the time, tuned into Sullivan's show that Sunday night, February 9, 1964, to experience the Fab Four perform five catchy songs, All My Lovin', Till There Was You, I Saw Her Standing There, I Want to Hold Your Hand, and She Loves You. In just 13 and a half minutes, the 1960s, arguably the most important decade in the 20th century, began. So twist and shout, fellow mop tops. I'm Joel Rhodes, telling history. Individually and as a group, John, Paul, George, and Ringo's genius and maturation elevated them to unrivaled musical heights, almost religious figures in our popular culture. Instrumentation, musicianship, arrangement, the Beatles were really good. But to appreciate their brilliance, consider how their timing in the winter of 1964 was absolutely perfect. Rock and roll still drifted in a creatively fallow period after Elvis's induction, Jerry Lee Lewis's scandals, and Buddy Holly's death. Beatles music filled that void. By April 1964, the band had the top five songs on Billboard's Top 40 and seven others in the Top 100. The British were cool in the early 60s, and Beatlemania cashed in on the Englishness of James Bond, Lawrence of Arabia, and the Pink Panther movies. And since all British talk alike to American ears, the working-class Liverpudlians sounded sophisticated, witty, charming, in a word, fab. At once subversive yet safe, their shaggy hair drove parents sufficiently wild without the musicians themselves being overtly threatening, intimidating, or flaunting their sexuality. Whereas rock's first generation often felt surly, fueled by adolescent angst and lust, owing to its southern blues roots, the Beatles' genuine mirth made teenage rebellion fun and without racial tension. More Peter Pan than Chuck Berry, really. Beatlemania also gave adults the first real proof of the awesome economic and cultural power wielded by baby boomers. The band accounted for 60% of all American record sales in 1964 and launched unprecedented merchandising. DJs billed every new British band as the next Beatles. Moreover, the Beatles arrived on our shores just three months after President John F. Kennedy's assassination. The mood and mind of a somber nation wandered in those weeks in between. Let me offer you Exhibit A. The seven episodes of the Beverly Hillbillies airing immediately after the assassination remain among the most watched half-hour programs in TV history. The period of national mourning hit youth exceptionally hard. The Beatles offered the tonic. No American could have behaved so irreverently, but being British, the Beatles got a pass. Radiating the same excitement and vigor that JFK inspired, the Beatles cheerfully filled an emptiness in American hearts, their infectiously danceable music healing a damaged country. Three years before their Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band album altered rock and roll's landscape, the first serious artistic statement in a musical genre never regarded as art before, the Beatles gave us the first good news after Kennedy's death. That night on Sullivan, it was as if 73 million wondered if it was finally all right to smile again in America. And those lads from Liverpool responded, well, you know I'm going to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah.